the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon and welcome to another Saturday with Woods and Water, South Carolina. My name is Roger Metz and I'm joined by my always co-host, Taylor Metz. Who you better talk today in the first segment. Because you weren't around when I talked to Charles Reed. No, I wasn't. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's all right. School has taken over. <laughs> you sound a little stuffy there, Taylor. Huh? You sound a little stuffy. I, I'm not paper sick. Paper clip on your nose. I'm not sick. <laughs> hey. I'm not sick. You're not sick. Have you, seen, have you looked at the weather temperature for next week? I have. 70s. Seven, opening day of bow season, 76. Mm, that's going to be nice. And you could won't you, be there. Could you imagine how... You'll be in school. Well, I know. But I'm, for once, <laughs> I'll I'm be there. happy for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Could you, if you go out in the morning, it's going to be like 50 or 60. And oh. it's going to feel like heaven. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think. Let's see. I think it's a screenshot of it because I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Make sure that doesn't change. Yeah, it's like 61. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. And it'll be a little, it'll be a little cooler than that. Real feel. When the sun comes up, it'll be it'll, it'll start be, it'll drop. Cool, yeah. yeah, it'll drop a few degrees. That's an odd phenomenon. It, it is. It's sunrise for yep. the temperature to drop. There's something about the, the change over the molecular structure of the air as the sun rays hits it and all. You're getting all scientific on me. I am. <laughs> I have to act like I'm smart once in a while. <laughs> well, look, uh, banner week for you. Over yeah. the last uh, two big, <laughs> two big <laughs> accomplishments and one bruised shoulder. One very bruised shoulder, yeah. I completed my Hunter Ed course, which was a huge thing because it's weighing over my head ever since I started. I should have had it done a lot earlier. Procrastination stinks, doesn't it? Well, that and getting ready for school. (laughs) Well, that's what I say. Yeah. Procrastination stinks. Yeah. (laughs) But I finished it, and I passed with 100. Um, I did have to retake a unit. I got an 80 on a quiz, and if you get an 80 or under, it you, makes you retake the unit. So I had to retake that, which is kind of disappointing. But other the other quizzes, I got 100 on them. My last, um, the final exam was about 62 questions, I think, and I got 100 on that. So how many units were there? Do you about remember? 10 units. 10 units. And you'll have you'll have topics in each unit, and 11 pages per topic. So. And then you have a quiz after each unit <laughs> yeah, on that have, topic. Yeah, you do. Yep. And then you'll once you finish unit 10. It'll let you take a practice test, and then you'll take your final exam. And then you have to make sure that you're ready to get your certificate printed out and everything. Yeah, yeah. When, when, you, when, you, when you get it, you need to print it because you'll immediately need to roll it over yep. to buy your license. You'll need the certificate number, the Hunter Ed number, and all to buy your license. I got my, my tags in and my license in um, Wednesday. Yep. And you owe me twenty nine fifty for the online course. <laughs> yeah, okay. And thirty something for your licenses. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to <Sure>. adulthood. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, but I took that and turned around and went on my dove hunt with the family. And yep, had a great. Five. Couldn't <clears throat> find my fifth, but it's 
fun. <laughs> had a uh, had a good dove hunt. A uh, lot better than I expected. Yeah. I uh, really, better. there were more birds around. I guess you know. Uh, we're coming. We're coming from a a time when I had a dove field for. 16, 17 years, and I'd have eight or 900 birds every opening day. <laughs> yeah. So when you get out in the field and you, you count 40 flying in the day before, you're like, yeah, what a letdown. Yeah. But but we had birds. We had birds. Um, we all got a few. Yeah. We did. I think we had 22 birds, I think, 23 birds between the four of us. Four, was it four of us? Yeah. Yeah, it was the four of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if Ben hadn't fallen asleep, we would have done a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my son-in-law Daniel and his brother came over and hunted with us, and Jordan came over and hung <laughs> out. It's Just fun. a good family time. Mr. Kenneth was there. Yep. Miss Joy came over afterwards. So yeah, good family, good uh, continuing tradition. I, somewhere around my 47th opening day of dove season. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember my first opening day of dove season, folks. We walked. My brother and I walked. He had a single shot 410. And we walked about a mile and a half to a farmer's field and and hunted there. And I hunted there off and on through high school and and also it's uh of course by then I was driving, which was kinda neat. But yeah, my first day, I remember my brother wanted me to shoot one off the power line. I didn't. Or maybe I did, I can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> I was about to say. Anyway, just just some good memories. It, it, for those of you who 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 do dove hunt and who know the tradition and the and we did burgers didn't do we a did. big supper no. but we did burgers for lunch so food's always a part of it mm. then the shooting part and the missing part the bruised shoulders for some of us <laughs> that missing part was hard on all of us. you had a tough time pulling the trigger I was like Taylor you're never gonna shoot it if you don't pull the trigger well, it was a new twenty gauge I'd never shot before I was kind of Anxious, especially when they're like right over my head. I didn't want to really pull like, the trigger. I didn't. Well, I wouldn't want to pull shoot and fall back this on my butt. Dove, she, dove season is an economic stimulus package. <laughs> I mean, think, think of think of the gas, the food, the ammunition, the clothes. That's true. It is an it is an economic stimulus boost to the economy of every state that has opened dove season. <laughs> oh me. Well, good. Well, congratulations on your hunter Ed. I was um, I was serious. You were going to get to hunt September the twelfth. Oh, I know. Today. I know you were serious. That's and, and January the second. Those are the only two days you were going to hunt. <laughs> so, congratulations. It ain't good, and it? folks. It's is there's nothing quite like, and I'll and we may not get to the calendar, which is really going to be bad here. Um, we'll upload on the on the. Yeah, I can put it on Facebook. Yeah. It, there's nothing quite like, and I, I'll I'll be honest with you, Taylor. The first two hours or so, I was really worried. I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta get her some shooting instructions. I just it's not gonna click like it does for a lot of people. I mean, and keep in mind, this is my second time actually shooting. Yeah, this is her second time shooting. I've been shooting. with you for like since I was four. Yeah, but I just I never really felt like I deserved to shoot yet, and so last. Oh, we're ready to shoot. Well, both, yeah. And I was really, I was really thinking, okay, I need to, I need to call Red up at the Pyman Shooting Complex and get you down there for a day of shooting instruction and and all, because you were, yeah, you were just getting frustrated. I, I was really frustrated. And then I moved you on the field. I hated that is, spot, but but it was the right it spot, was. didn't it? <laughs> I put you in the good spot, and you rolled three straight. Yep. And that was it. Was like it clicked. 
I wish like I wish I could have replayed the one where I was kneeling, and it just went right across. <laughs> it was like, Poof. and it folded. Oh, that's beautiful. And it's as a parent, as a hunter, as someone who's trying to to pass on a heritage, not only of hunting but conservation, because yep. all all we do is is based around conservation. Yep. And then for those of you who think, well, how can you shoot those pretty little doves? Well, did you know that like almost eighty percent of the dove population will die in any given year hunting regardless of whether it's hunted or not it's just the life cycle of a dove it's just they just don't live very long and and they die yeah um they're not the white the pretty white doves no no they're they're the morning doves and they're they're tasty we're we're gonna eat bacon bacon wrapped ones this weekend so um but it is today is Youth Day for deer hunting. So for those of you, and those of you who are trying to pass things along, when you see, when you see the light come on, when you see the realization, and and that number one they can do it, number two why they do it, um, and and they when they get it, it's uh it's a it's a pretty cool feeling. It's a cool feeling for us when you get it. Almost addicting. I've been on your butt about getting on a draper now. <laughs> so today, even though we're not in the studio today, we're in the woods. We may be in the woods. We may have been in the woods this morning. We might be sitting on the dove field this afternoon right now. <laughs> well, we didn't get to the we did not get to the calendar events, but it would have been brought to you by Visit Anderson Green Pond Landing Event Center. A lot of fishing going on down there this fall. Um, if you're interested in uh, watching some fishing, you may want to check out a launch or a weigh in or. Whatever we got, just got a lot going on, folks. And uh, like I said, uh, I got caught up with Charles Ruth, and he and I are going to talk for the rest of the show. So y'all hang in there and uh, enjoy it. Welcome back to another segment of Woods and Water, South Carolina. It's um, going to be a lot of deer talk today because I'm joined by someone who's become over the last six years a really good friend of mine and and enjoy talking to him wherever I see him. It's like we don't see each other enough, Charleston, but that kind of keeps it good because when we do see each other, it's we talk a lot and, and I really enjoy our conversations together and uh, thanks for taking time to be on the show today. Yep, Roger. Always good to talk with you. Yes, sir, buddy. Absolutely, but uh, how are things? Uh, let's just get a little update from Columbia. How are how are things at DNR? And you guys ready for? I guess we got dove season and deer season, and man, it's just wide open here in South Carolina yep. now. Yep, fixing to get into a busy time of year. Um, right off the bat, deer hunters, if you don't have your deer tags, you <laughs> need to take care of it. Uh, we've already issued, uh, gosh, over two hundred thousand sets of tags. We think. We think we're behind. I mean, we think we're ahead of it at this point. Okay. It's all been done. And I know you're seasoning the upstate low here in a couple of weeks. Uh, but, you know, with the with the low country season, we have to pump, push those tags out. Sure. You know, but back at the end of July. So I've, I've kind of wiped the sweat from my brow on that. So <laughs> I think we're, like I said, we're on the, we're on the backside of deer tags. If let me let me ask you this: If someone still hasn't got them, if they ordered them or 
you know, they think they should have come with their license and, and those renewal dates on the licenses, that's a key player in this thing too, isn't it? Yeah, you know, if, if, a, if a resident hunter has an active hunting license that, that, that was active August 15th, they should have already gotten the, 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 the base okay. set of tags. So okay. if, they, if, if they look at their license and it was active on August 15th and they hadn't gotten their tags, they need to, you know, call our licensing uh, section. Okay. All right. And that's how to handle it. Don't bombard everybody with emails and stuff like that. Simply call the licensing division and get it worked out from there. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, if, if you need extra doe tags or the extra, you know, antler restriction buck tags, you can do it. You know, we've got a call center that you can do it on there. You can go on our website and, and get your tags. And, and for that matter, if if you haven't gotten your tag, you know, youth hunters, they need, they still need to request their tag. That's right. Um, this year, for the first time, we actually started sending without them having to request we were sending tags to all of the non I meant the excuse me the, the lifetime license and and senior license types okay but that that's already been accomplished okay so, uh, okay and and there's one thing you mentioned youth now at what point does youth stop and you got to be a regular licensed hunter and have your hunter education card and course completed yeah. that's 16 yeah, that, Taylor this year. Correct. Yeah, the age at licensing is 16. Okay. And of course, in order to get that first license, you have have to have to have completed the hunter ed course, and then of course you will have a license from from there on out. So, you know, youth hunters less than 16, they don't have a license. We don't know who you are. You know, you need to, to take action, and you can go online. You kind of have to act like you're buying something. Right. But once you get to the list of privileges. You know, you set yourself up, or have your parents set you know set yourself up with your name, your address, your date of birth. You will be assigned a DNR customer ID, which will stick with you from now on. Okay. Again, you kind of got to act like you're buying something, but when you get to the list of privileges, look for youth deer tags. All you got to do is check the box. Okay. To finish the transaction, and there is no fee for them because they're free. You know. Right. Youth, now the youth day has already happened in three and four. Youth day, uh, zone two is September 12th. Uh, let me double, yeah. It's always, Roger, it's always the Saturday, Saturday before, before the normal opener. archery. Yep. yep. So, so that will be, uh, uh, let's see here. Sorry, caught you September off guard. 12th. Yep, September no, 12th. No, that's correct, September 12th. Yeah, and of course we, we still have, the postseason right. youth day, right. which is the Saturday after the close of the season, which I think this year is like the second. Okay. Um, so you know the 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 preseason youth day is buck only. Right. One buck. Uh, the postseason youth day is two deer either sex, and in yeah. both cases, tags are not required for those youth hunts. So, okay. You know, it's a little bit different. And that is right. January second is the first Saturday in That's January. Correct. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I, uh, I was uh, Taylor's doing the Hunter Ed course, and I mean, some good information in there. I've been, I've been really, really. She's been really excited about taking it, and uh, she got to hurry up and finish it up, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, time's coming. <laughs> time's coming. I told her she's going to be able to hunt two days this year if she doesn't get it done. September 12th and January 2nd. <laughs> That's right. There's a little right. motivation yeah. for you. Um, look, every every year 
you crunch a bunch of numbers. You you, you, you crunch a lot of numbers uh, and produce for us. And how, how many years have you been doing this deer report? At forever, as long as I've been with the agency okay. and who you know, Daryl Shipes, who was the deer program coordinator before me. You know, we've always done a report like this. Now, okay. what changed was over those years, the internet came on the scene. And, and all these postings and so forth. So I, I don't know how long we've been posting this material on the on, on our website. Okay. I can't remember that far back. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've always done it. And, you know, Roger, we changed how we document the deer harvest back in the late 90s. And, and a lot of folks will still remember you know, oh, back yeah. in the day, we had we had check stations, right, right, and and that was a that was a that was a count. It was a body count. It was a it was a minimum count of harvested animals because not everybody took their deer to the check station, right. So we kind of changed gears and started using a random license based survey, and that's that's what we still do. Okay, we do it. Yep, do it the same. It's a you know. Everybody over time should get selected, but you're not going to get selected every year because, you know, we got 175,000 licensees. You can't afford, nor do you need statistically to survey everyone. So we do a random sample of these license holders that, that, that have a deer type license. Okay. Never change anything about the, how we structure the survey. Now, some questions may change over time. But the meat and potatoes, that being, did you deer hunt? Did you kill a deer? If so, how many deer did you kill? What county did you kill them in? How many days did you hunt? So forth. Those things never change. So I tell folks that the numbers that we produce, you know, obviously they're not exactly right. Sure. But if they're wrong, they're wrong the same way all the time. And from a management standpoint, what we want to see is the trend is the harvest up down or stable and and really if you look at, at what happened with our 2019 deer season it was flatline it, it was about one percent below 2018 okay you know you're, you're looking at about 195,000 deer being harvested um of course 2019 was the third year where we had the quote all deer have to be tagged situation you know we've got all deer being tagged okay we've got a uniform limit on bucks but and so there was really not a lot of notable takeaways you know 2019 versus 2018 one thing i will say is that um the harvest was about flat but what we saw was an increase in the proportion of does in the harvest so hmm. apparently, and, and to me, and I'm not going to go out on the limb just yet. Okay. Um, it it it's kind of indicative that the buck tags and the uniform buck limit may be doing what it's supposed to, and that is, you know, taking a little bit of pressure off the bucks. Okay. Okay. And that's a good thing. You know, doe harvest went up. Uh, um. You know, has gone up since we started the tagging program, eighteen percent, whereas the buck harvest has only been up nine percent. So, wow, uh, that's that's pretty cool. I'll, I'll be interested to see how that rolls the next few years. So, and that's a good thing. Yeah, no, yeah number of hunters was almost the same. Okay, number of days hunted was virtually the same. And um, you know, like you know, like we talked about, it'll be interesting to see what happens this fall because of the, the situation with the 
you know, with the virus yeah. and some people still working from home and maybe be, be able to, you know, shake loose a little bit more in the afternoons than, than they normally would. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we heard a lot of that back in turkey season. Right. Um, it's, it was documented in other states that have real-time reporting, okay? You know, hunter, number of hunters were up, the turkey kill was up, so on and so forth. You know, since we do a survey, we've got a time lag with, with getting our turkey, you know, turkey harvest and, and hunter effort. Okay. And, and actually, of course, that survey has already taken place. The data has been enter, entered. We've done some preliminary analysis. But given the changes that went in place this turkey season, that being a completely new season structure, uh, the, the one gobbler the first 10 days of the season, back to a split season, we're, we're actually doing a non-response follow-up survey this year to tighten things up. And, and so, unfortunately, normally about by September, we have our turkey harvest information, but it's probably going to be at least another month. Okay. Uh, we, we've got a company that's actually, um, the, the non-response follow-up survey is actually a telephone survey. So some of your listeners may uh, may get that, that survey. Okay. And that's all regarding turkeys um, in that about a month that will be out? Yeah, should be. You know, it's probably sometime mid, mid-October. We've got to get the results from that non-response survey okay. and kind of meld it in with the response from the mail survey. So uh, I'll be curious to see. You know, I'll be curious to see if, uh, if folks hunted more, if there were more hunters. And I'll tell you, as far you know, I, and I hate to jump off of deer. No, no, go ahead. And go, go, and no. go to turkeys. But, um, you know, there was a lot of concern with, with folks, you know, in the research arena as well yeah. as, you know, state managers like myself with the, what appears to be an increase in hunters, an increase in effort, and an increase in harvest given what we've seen with turkeys in southeast over, you know, the last decade. Yeah. You know, the quote, southeast turkey decline in South Carolina is a poster child for that, I can tell you. Okay. So what I, <clears throat> what I will say is... Quick, i got about 30 seconds. If, if our harvest from 2020 has increased, that's, that is indicative of more effort related to this virus because with the new regulation seasons and so forth, we were expecting it to decrease. Okay. So. Not increase. You know, that's correct. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, hang on, Charles. Let's, uh, let's take this break and, uh, we'll come back and, I know we're going to talk about turkey some more. We'll talk about deer some more. So, folks, hang on. We're on with Charles Ruth, uh, DNR Deer and Turkey Project leader. We'll be back in a second. Got to be one of the best drum intros ever, Charles. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching this. I, I'm sure you you remember if you ever turned on MTV. This is like one of the first ones that was ever on there. Probably one you're of the right. best ones. <laughs> yep, Dire Straits. You're right. That's it. 
boy, have they fallen from what they used to be. But uh, anyway, they're old. They're old, like us. <laughs> um, okay, so we kind of we kind of talked about the 2019 deer harvest report a little bit. You know, folks, if you weren't around for the first segment or just tuning in or missed it for some reason, pretty much flat. And and, and as we ended that last segment, you were talking about turkey season and interested to see if the data proves out there are more people out there and we're looking forward maybe next year seeing an increase and you know i know fishing license sales are up in the state of south carolina and uh um, yeah. boat boat sales were up uh and and people, you're right social distancing yeah outside, man. Yeah. yeah well and nothing, and nothing wrong with that and frankly all the early medical research and all that says one of the best places you can be is outside that's right, yeah. And um, so just, folks, when you're outside, take your mask off. <laughs> <laughs> you're defeating the purpose of being outside. Um, but anyway, all right, let's come back around and, and get back to deer cause you, because you do, have a, you do have a study that's going on down here in McCormick County. Uh, really, when you were telling me about it down at Millery a couple of years ago, it was really a cool study between – you know, deer and coyote and, and where they kind of bounce off each other contact-wise. So talk a little bit about that study and what you're seeing. Yeah, Roger, this is a, it's a cooperative study between DNR and, and Clemson University. Uh, Dr. David Joukowsky, who's a wildlife professor up there. We've got actually got uh, two Ph.D. students and one master's level student working on the study. Uh, Dr. John Kilgo, who works with the Forest Service uh, Southern Research Station down at Savannah River site. If, if a lot of your, your listeners who are tuned in to deer research, they will remember oh, yes. that we, we did that groundbreaking research <laughs> looking at deer fawns and coyotes at Savannah River site. Well, John was the one that ran that study for us. So basically the study in McCormick is, is somewhat replicating the earlier SRS work okay. is being done on private land. It's being done in the Piedmont. It's more of a more typical Piedmont hunting scenario compared to, to SRS. The, the, so so the, the background of the study is similar in that we're catching doe deer in the wintertime, which enables us to catch fawns in the summer. We mark the fawns with radios. We let them go, and we see what happens. The new twist is, and we think two components of this study have never been done. The first is when we catch the does, we're actually using GPS radios to get real-time information from them. Okay. When we catch the phones, we're using small GPS transmitters on them as well. So what that does, it's going, we'll be able to back into looking at that GPS data Doe-fawn interactions, you know, early in that life cycle. You know, we think we know things about, you know, how far the doe beds from the fawn, sure. how frequently the doe visits the fawn. Right. All that data that was collected using VHF, which is the old-school headphones with an antenna, you're tracking <laughs> the deer manually. Direction finding, yeah. Exactly. Yep. So that, that's a novel. That's a novel type thing. As you mentioned and again, I think this is the, the first time this has ever happened. We're actually trapping and marking with GPS coyotes on the same property. So when it's all said and done, we're going to have deer movement data, coyote movement data. Uh, next year, 
This property, even though baiting has been allowed in the Piedmont for a number of years, they do not use bait. We're going to introduce feeders and bait to see how that changes these dynamics between deer and coyotes. You know, are coyotes, do they start homesteading, feed, you know, feeding areas where, where bait is? We don't know, but we're going to, you know, we're going to try to back into some of that data. But, uh, you know, we just finished our second field season. Um, we started back in 2019. Uh, overall, Roger, we've caught um, about 60 does, which has okay. enabled us to then catch about 70 fawns, okay. a little over 70 fawns. And what we have seen is we, we've had almost just like Savannah River site, which over over multi years fawn mortality was about seventy percent. We staggering, staggering because yeah, we had no idea. Yeah, absolutely. And we have found sixty nine percent the first two years in McCormick. Of course, a lot of different things happen to baby deer and you know, deer fawns. But again, like we saw at SRS, maybe not quite to the level, but most of the mortality is, is related to predation. Okay. And most of that is, in fact, coyotes. So very similar along those lines. we got another field season to go in 2021, and um, you know, all this will start tightening up, and, and folks will start seeing you know, news releases about some of our results. You know, we've, we've been presenting some of our preliminary findings at some, you know, meetings like the Southeast Deer Study Group and the, right. the Wildlife Society meeting and so forth. So uh, the best is still yet to come with that study. But, Bo, I'm going to tell you, it's, uh, it's interesting stuff, and I'm just pleased to be involved with Clemson on the study. And, um, you know, you got this new generation of researchers that are using GPS, and the technology just overwhelms me, I, you know. So that that's what I'll say. Okay, you know you you kind of get a. Are you familiar with the, the the Mike Chamberlain and Joey Hinton's? Oh yeah, yeah. See, I, we've got a, we just started. If you want to talk about uh, Mike <laughs> Chamberlain, we we just started a study um, with Mike Chamberlain at Georgia, Brett Collier at LSU, oh, Mike wow. Hearn at Missouri, and John Kilgo at Savannah Riverside, looking at turkeys and again swapping back okay. to turkeys. It recall that we did some really good research down at Webb Center down in Hampton County as a lead up to these season changes that the legislature was in. Right. And 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 you know, frankly, there's a number of turkey studies going on across the southeast looking at the timing of gobbling, the timing of nesting, uh, the success of nesting and brood rearing. All of those studies, Roger, they're great studies. Our study at Webb was great. All of that's being done on hunted populations. Okay. And we, so we don't, you know, back to this issue, is hunting affecting turkey reproduction? Well, you got to know what the baseline is, so what are we doing? We're looking at it on SRS where turkeys aren't hunted. Okay. So in a matter okay. of years, we will have this data saying, okay, if they're not being hunted, this is what gobbling looks like. This is when they go to nest. This is how successful they are. And that's really the missing piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you know, when you start talking about Mike Chamberlain, Brett Collier, yeah. you're talking about the big time, the big guns in turkey research across yeah. the country. And, uh, you know, we're locked in on that. And, um, you know, it'll, it'll be it'll be cool to see where that falls out in about four, four or five years. Yeah, this is this is this um, 2009 to 2011 uh, the Tri-State Coyote Project, and, yeah, and they yeah, put out yeah, they yeah. put out that that um, 
bar graph of, you know, what coyotes eat and when. Yeah. And that's a... And movements. Yeah, yeah. That was a, there was a lot of stuff. That's that. an eye-opener there. Yeah, that was a joint project. Of course, Mike Chamberlain ran that study. Mm-hmm. That was that was South. That was SC DNR, yep. uh, Georgia DNR, and, and Alabama DNR. It was a you know a landscape look at coyotes in, the, in three different states. It wasn't just one little place like we see on a lot of studies. So, uh, and I'll tell you something else, Roger. You know, we we've, we've also got a study going on. Um, we're trying to get regional estimates on coyote numbers or coyote density, and we're working with uh, Dr. Gino D'Angelo at University of Georgia. Again, this stuff gets over my head, but we're actually using DNA out of coyote scat to to do this type of work. And, and again, this is more of a this is being done in South Carolina. We're looking at these scat transects in about five different regions of the state. Again, this is not just one 10,000-acre property. Our transects span tens of thousands of acres. But what they basically do, they pick up coyote scat, they look at the DNA in it, and they can tell that this coyote is Roger or this coyote is Charles. Then they continue to repeat those transects, and they can set up a proportion of animals that they've already identified genetically versus new ones that show up the next week or the next week or the next week, and then using statistics, they can say it's kind of like mark and recapture. Okay. They can they can then generate um, a density or a population estimate. So that'll be interesting to see in a couple of years. Um, you know what what those numbers look like. I mean, are we looking at four or five coyotes per square mile in some parts of the state and more or less in other parts of the state. You know, I don't know. And people yeah. people are curious about that. Absolutely. Quick, got about 15 seconds. What would you say? Would you say the coyote population is kind of leveled out now from what we saw five years ago? Ab- yeah, absolutely. And we hit on this on the other side. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, everything I'm looking at says they've, they've peaked and started down. Okay. All right, cool. All right, well, let's take uh, let's go to another break. Give Charles's voice a chance to rest, and y'all get you another glass of sweet tea, and we'll be back with more Woods and Water South on the other side of the break. Welcome back to the final segment of Woods and Water South Carolina for another Saturday. Appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. Appreciate uh, Charles Ruth from the Department of Natural Resources taking time to be on the show today. And uh, we've had a good time, Charles. I know we've talked off the air some and caught up a lot. And I love to hear you talk about this because deer and turkey, that's that's your thing. And uh, it is, it is, uh, it really makes good radio makes my job a lot easier when i can reach out and you're so willing to come on and talk about all this stuff and i do appreciate it as always yeah i, I enjoy doing it i sure do Fini- uh, finish your last thoughts on coyotes yeah, some other you know, stuff. The question, 
Yeah, the question was, you know, where do we think coyotes are now? And, and I really think they have they have reached they peaked and are on the way down to some mother nature uh, implied level. You know, we started monitoring coyote numbers or at least harvest estimates back in the late nineties. We saw the increase annually almost as coyotes colonized the entire state. It looks like they peaked out probably six or seven years ago. Okay. And really, Roger, I mean, based on what we get, you know, this question to deer hunters, oh, by the way, did you kill any coyotes while right. you were deer hunting? That's dropped down about 30% in the last six or seven years. So, again, and, and this is exactly what you would think. You know, they're, they're expanding into um, – New territory, there's ample food, room to, to, to increase their numbers, but at some point they're going to hit the wall and come down to a more manageable level. So, so I think, I think they've done that. We've seen our deer pop, our deer harvest pick up during that same period, and all of this just makes sense to me. Okay. Which is good, because you're the man that needs to know, it, it needs to make sense to you. <laughs> I hear you. Um, any changes coming up as far as deer regulations go in the near future that you can see? No, not particularly for 2020. Everything's set. It's okay. just like 2019. And I really don't foresee any, any changes in the next few years because, you know, we're still new into the tagging system, and we need to leave, let that churn for a while to, to increase, you know, the ability to us to look at the data and see what, if anything, it's actually doing. And I'm sure that the legislature is in no mood to deal with, <laughs> with no, you know, with more more deer legislation at this point. And uh, so I think we need to let it eat for a few more years okay. and see where it takes us. What about turkeys? You were you were telling me there's some things, there's some major changes coming for turkeys. Well, yeah, you know, we had the, the new package roll out this past turkey season, 2020 based on legislation from 2019. Now, that, legis that 2019 legislation also included electronic harvest reporting, you know, what okay. most hunters call telecheck, but it had a year added to the effective date to give us time to spool up and get these, you know, different method methodologies of reporting in place. So bottom line is for, for next turkey season, spring 2021, you got to report your harvest, your turkey harvest. Now we will have three ways to do that. We will have a really slick uh, smartphone app, and that's what we want people to use because once we pay for the development of the app, reporting turkeys is free. Okay. So that takes a big burden off of us financially. Of course, you'll be able to report using the smartphone app. We'll have a web-based reporting, and then there will be a, a telephone number that you can. That you can use as well. We don't. We want to lead people away from the telephone because we have to pay for each call. Okay. So, but again, that that's going to be in place in 2021 and beyond. And I hope, Roger, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Once we get that rolled out for turkeys and go a couple of years, I sure would like to see the General Assembly require electronic har harvest reporting for deer because it'll give us another data stream in addition to our survey work. And if you've already got the platform for the app, it's just a matter of changing it for the species. Exactly. That's exactly right. Okay. Cool. And we'll put, well, we need to tell you what you and I need to we need to touch base first of the year after the turkey harvest has come out, report has come out, and go over the stuff again. We'll do it. We won't do it necessarily a whole show on turkeys, but we can do a little bit of catch up just to just to refresh people's memory on this stuff. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, uh, CWD. You know, as far as we know, yeah. we're still we're still clear of that. Uh, you know, you do see some pictures from time to time of deer with some warts on it. Don't see the ticks in in South Carolina like you do somewhere out in the Midwest and all. Yeah, you know, it, briefly on chronic wasting disease, it's clearly a national, huge national health issue for for, for members of the deer family. Been diagnosed in 27 states. Really, the closest to us is way out on the Mississippi River in western Tennessee, okay. northern Mississippi. We have not diagnosed it. None of our bordering states have diagnosed it. So, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed. Um, we do have a couple of regu- regulations in place as preventative measures. One of them is a carcass importation regulation. It's actually been in place for 15 years. We're trying to do a better job of educating hunters on it. But basically what it says is if you travel to a state that has CWD, you can't bring certain parts of the carcass back, brain, spinal cord, things like that, because if those parts were disposed of out behind your house, the, the disease agent could contaminate the environment and become available to local South Carolina deer. So that's that's a that's an important one. Okay. We've, we've actually been doing messaging with your deer tags talking about that regulation. So it should be in every hunter's hand. We also have a regulation that prohibits the use of these commercial naturally based deer urine products. But again, the CWD agent can be can can be found in urine. Um, the, the, the urine companies, you know, the urine comes from these big commercial deer farms in other states. Right. Some of these states have CWD. There is no test for this, you know, to try to figure out, you know, number one, there's no live animal test for right. deer. Right. So, so that's a huge problem. So again, we're following the lead of a lot of states and, and at least for now, prohibiting the use of these commercial natural deer urine products. Now, if you kill a deer in South Carolina and want to take the bladder or the tarsal glands, that's fine. <clears throat> that's fine, at least at this point. Okay. So um, that's kind of hidden CWD. You know, some things that hunters, that we get calls about, warts on deer, fibromas, they're very, very common. They're benign. It's no different than a wart on a person. They come off with the skin. Uh, so if a hunter kills a, a deer with warts, unless there's something else going on with the deer, you skin that deer, it's completely fine to, to consume, process and consume. We get a few calls about mange on deer. Deer do get mange from time to time. You know, one thing that we are, that, that's going on right now, this time of year, Roger, is hemorrhagic disease. Right. Part of being, a, you know, it's, it's always been out there. It's part of being a deer in the southeast. This is the time of year, late, you know, late summer, early fall. You know, that disease is caused by a virus that is spread by those, what we call no seam, those <laughs> little sand, sand gnats. So, so the disease runs in a cycle annually based on the life cycle of that little no seam. So okay. this is the time. I, I, I spent three hours on the phone yesterday with calls about deer that don't look right. I found a dead deer. Um, but, that, you know, this is standard procedure for this time of year, and it's, okay. it's hemorrhagic disease what it is. The problem is a lot of folks, they've heard about chronic wasting disease, 
and they see a poor deer on their trail camera and they might, my God, you know, is this CWD? Yeah. 99.9, no, it is not. Okay. We haven't diagnosed CWD, but we do know this is the time of year for hemorrhagic disease. Again, we go through this every year. Okay. So, uh, okay. you know, don't, hunters, don't press the panic button. Certainly give us a call if something looks fishy and we'll make a determination, you know, either based on the phone call or if we think we need to, we'll try to get some samples from the deer and, and, and so forth. So, you know, overall, Roger, our deer population's in, in good condition. Um, deer numbers are good. You know, we're, we're not fighting deer like we were, you know, around the turn of the century with <laughs> explo- exploding deer numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at our antler records list, the, you know, the good old days are now, brother. <laughs> the last four or five years, we have had more entries into our record system than ever. I mean, it's and 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 what that is in my mind is we don't we're not carrying as many deer on the landscape, which is good. Number one, but number two, most hunters realize that you can't have a lot of deer and have high quality deer at the same point in time. Those things don't go together. Yeah. And and you know, hunters these days, they're most of them are willing to sacrifice a little bit of quantity to get better quality. So it's all good, man. I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to this deer season. <laughs> I was fixing to say, I think a lot of us are looking forward to getting out, shutting the phone off, being away from everything and just breathing. That's right. And I'm gonna get a lot of it in. I hope I I'm sure you will too. Yeah, I got some uh tractor work to do this weekend and uh of course um Season in upstate opens here in a couple of weeks, as does the doe season uh, in, in game zones two and three, four, and four. So, uh, you know, by the end of this month, you'll walk out and it'll feel a little different one morning. <laughs> Hair will stand up on the back of your neck and it'll be time to go deer hunting. <laughs> and a true deer, a deer, deer hunter will probably want to go over to that little tree over there in the yard, start rubbing his head up against it a little bit, that's, scratching. That's right, yeah. <laughs> oh, me. Well, uh, it, it, I, it's always good to catch up to you. You're a wealth of knowledge, and you always it, it's an easy conversation to have when you're on. And I appreciate that. Any um, anything SIFA? Uh, you know, had a big had thing here. Anything in in like a minute that y'all are looking forward to planning through for next year with that bunch? Uh, the, Missouri will host the meeting. This fall, but it's going to be remote, to my knowledge. Okay. Uh, you know, you know, everything's kind of with this virus going on. You know, when we hosted it last October, there was a lot of talk about chronic wasting disease, messaging to hunters about the disease, messaging to processors about carcass disposal, taxidermists about carcass disposal. Um, so, you know, chronic wasting disease is a big deal. Okay. I hope we can stay out of it. I hope so too. Well, folks, appreciate uh, everybody tuning in and listening. I uh, hope there's been some information in here you can get. Don't hesitate to go online. It's dnr.sc.gov backslash wildlife backslash deer backslash 2019 harvest deer harvest.pdf. Uh, you can also get through it um, under the news stories. It's in there. So anyway, I hope uh, I hope a lot of hunters out there make time to get out there. Take somebody new this year. Introduce somebody else yeah. to the to the passion. Charles, I appreciate you being on the show, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you, Roger. Yes, sir. All right, folks. Next week, we'll see you with more Woods and Water, South Carolina. Yes, I'm gone. Yeah.